What up, everybody? You're now listening and watching another episode of the Tackle Thursday with JK Podcast. And I am your host, JK. And you know I'm all about helping young adults win in life and at life. And I do so each week on the episode of each podcast episode by tackling different topics that that young adults experience and face. And this week on the show, I got another special guest. My guest for today hails from the state of Florida. Nice bill to be exact. And I should have known he was from Florida because he got a different swag, got a different drip, you know, and, and so I should have known. But if, if you are an MTSU Blue Raider fan, do you know him as a former Blue Raider football player? You know him as the MTSU football chaplain. If you, you probably his congregation at Zion Ministry, Christian Ministries, he is your pastor. And then if you are me, if you're a me, then you know him as an amazing man of God, an amazing leader of God's people, a very versatile leader, very, very ver uh, compatible and relatable pastor and man of God. Man, ladies and gentlemen, y'all help me welcome my special guest for today, Pastor Chris Johnson Sr. What up, Pastor Johnson? <laughs> man, it's... So great to be on with you guys, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Nah, no problem, man. Um, you know, hey, I, I try to do it justice, man. I know you didn't accomplish so much stuff, but I just, you know, when I introduce my guests, um, one, I just want to say thank you for taking the time, my, um, because you got responsibilities, uh, and and I appreciate you sacrificing the time to be here uh, today. And I just want you, you know, any and everybody, right, that I have on, and, and specifically you today, to know, like, hey, I appreciate you, and I want you to know that hey. through the introduction, that hey, I'm excited. I'm excited. I told my wife, I was like, yeah, I got Pastor John C on, you know, the one that had me come to Man Make. I got him on today. So, man, definitely excited to to, to be here, man. And and just wanted to know, man, I know we've been snowed in here in, in Tennessee, middle Tennessee, man. Just, man, how you doing? How you doing? How your fam doing, man? Man, we're blessed, man. You know, just trying to stay warm, uh, you know, and uh, the family is doing well. We're just taking this time to kind of you know, re retool and refocus. Uh, we, we got the year going very, very fast. And so I'm always appreciative of any time we can get a little break and just kind of pause a little bit. So, uh, man, the family as well. I, I, I really, really, really am excited about what God has for us this year. So I can't complain at all. Nah, definitely, man. And I know, uh, I believe your youngest son, I want to say, is, is he wrestling? He's wrestling right now. Uh, and I yep. think you some, so I know you're excited about that. Then um, your junior, right? Uh, not too long ago, a few months ago, uh, I want to want to make sure I get it right. Ordained minister, um, yep. kind of, you know, yep. kind of your footsteps. Yep. Like, talk about that a little bit, man. Most definitely, my oldest son CJ is. Uh, you know, I just ordained and licensed him um, just this past. I think it was in November. Yeah. Uh, to to be in the ministry, and uh, he is doing his thing on campus. Uh, he's got a, a ministry there on campus called The Call, and okay. they meet every Thursday night, do their Bible study. So if you're listening and you're on campus, you're a student, you want to have a Bible study, a home away from home, they're out there and the, they meet in different several different places. But uh, I'm excited about what God is doing with him. My, my middle son, Jarrell, he's a wrestler, senior at Rockville High School. 
Uh, and I think he's he's gearing toward going to MTSU as well next year. Yeah. Uh, my baby girl is she's real artsy. She's into the arts. She sings and dances, and she's a a freshman at Rockville High School. So okay. uh, we've got a couple more years, and we're close to being empty nesters, man. We're almost. We're almost there. Almost, almost there. Almost there. Got about got about three and a half, three and a half more years, man. So how is that like a you know an exciting thing with with you and the misses, or is that is that a, a nervous thing? Because you know I'm, I'm I got some years, I got some years right, but I know it's going by fast. But like how yeah. I, I still try to learn, you know, as I as I go from from those that are already there. So how how is that like emotionally? Well, man, you know, some of the uh, saints that went on before me used to tell me when when they're in your house, they're they're um, they're on you in your pockets. Uh, and uh, then when they're out of your house, they're on your heart. Mm -hmm. So uh, you just kind of trust that you've raised them right and uh, you that you've instilled some values in them. And uh, that's how we do with CJ. We just try to trust the you know, that we've we've brought them up the right way. And so uh, we're going to do the same and apply the same. Uh, pressure with the other kids we're just gonna let them go but I think man it's it's bittersweet and it's also very rewarding for us Toy and I were we were married young I was a sophomore when we when we got pregnant with CJ and in college and so we really don't know marriage without kids mm -hmm. so in that sense we you know our path having kids young gives us the ability to still be a little young when they're out of the house. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, we'll, we're excited about that, man. <laughs> hey, you probably, hey, you probably already got trips. Uh, like, Hey, look. Oh my gosh. Hey, we already they, know what we're doing here, with the do rooms, this. the extra yeah. rooms in the house. Can't hey. wait. We're planning and strategizing. So, Hey man, we're excited about it. I <laughs> know hey, for sure, man. You know, it's crazy because when you go back to your, um, parents house uh right and 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 you notice the room is changed to something different i'm like hold on i like hey mom you know that was my closet now that's your shoe closet and 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 this was my dresser with my clothes now your clothes in it so i'm like you and dad just move and you know but it's it's that hey son it's it's hey, you grown now right and um hey. but definitely man and, and so i and i i like that and i appreciate your transparency and i like that because i think you could speak to um, young adults out there that uh, may be parents uh, in college and yeah. um, may feel like, man, look, I don't know what I'm going to do. How can I finish? Um, man, talk to how you were, were able to finish. And this one, you know, you've seen the questions I sent over, uh, but I love, that's why I love just the flow of things um, because God has his will and his way. And I think that your, your story could definitely impact um, those that are listening. Um, but like, what was your mindset? How did you finish? Right. Um, you know, being a, a parent while in college and saying, like, hey, man, look, I'm still going to finish, do what I got to do, take care of responsibility and, and ultimately be and become the man of God. That, that And then, you know, what I'm saying still you and your wife be together, stay together, get married and be together ever since, man. Like, like share some advice with a young adult that might be experiencing that, yeah, man. you know. So, like, I, I'm from a little city called Niceville, Florida, and it's right there near Destin, Florida. And so. You know, we're right there in the panhandle. People, I get that question all the time. People are like, where is that at? That's up in the panhandle, right? If you go to Destin or Panama City, that's that's my stomping grounds around in that area. Yeah. And, um, man, you know, my dad and my mom, we were right by a military base. And so we kind of had this conglomerate of people 
Um, we had a village that was kind of diverse. And and so I was kind of shaped and molded by church culture. My dad was a pastor. And so we kind of, you know, had some core values instilled in us. And, you know, and I was just a, a, a very naive, unexperienced church boy, man, who, who came to MTSU, um, there was a whole lot of culture shocks for me. Yeah. Um, I because as I told you, man, we grew up Niceville. I don't know if the statistic is still the same, but it's a, probably about seventy five percent white, uh, and and then you know the other percentage is just this diverse population of Hispanic and all kinds of cultures, man. Because we're right by the largest Air Force base, Eglin Air Force Base, right there, and uh, man, those are my friends, my buddies, my my people my circles were diverse yeah then i come to murfreesboro and uh i don't know where it was like how it was when you were coming up but back in my day when i came back in 99 oh yeah. my gosh I'm telling my age there was this club called club 328 yeah and uh that was my first experience, man. I'm a church boy. I mean, so when you get to college, you got this newfound freedom. I'm like, man, let me go try this. Let me go try to hang out a little yeah, bit. See what they talking about. And, uh, <laughs> I remember calling my dad and my mom saying, I don't know if I could do this. And they were thinking like, are you okay? Is there some danger? I was like, nah, man, like it's too many black people. Now, I had never been around that many black people. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, like I didn't, and it was a culture shock for me, man. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> my dad just started laughing. He's from, he's from Cedartown, Georgia. He's like, well, son, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to adjust, you know, you're going to have to learn a new angle. He said, you're going to see how blessed you really are. And that was my kind of my first experience, like knowing like, man, we grew up and we had both parents in the house and I had a father in my house in my life. And I'm like, man, we're blessed. And I started hearing some stories from other guys and I'm like, wow. So that was my really first like lesson of, okay, you're different. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then you know, I started teaching. I joined a local church here uh, and I started teaching Bible studies and the guys on the team calling me Rev and, you know, and I'm going through that little stage right there. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I see this little little red bone on campus, you know, she whatever. And so I'm doing my campus thing and my Bible study. And so I start I said, man, I, I got to holler at her and push yeah. come shove man and we start talking and, ha and you know we got in a relationship and then you know uh she got pregnant and mm -hmm. um and let me let me say let me rephrase that because sometimes we victimize we victim we 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 make the woman look bad i got her pregnant let me yeah, say it yeah. that way uh, <laughs> and so the thing of it is, man, I was teaching Bible study. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, man, like, what are people going to think? I messed up. And and so, man, I called my dad and I never forget this conversation. I called my dad and we were already engaged to be married. But we he was like, do you love this girl? I said, yeah, she the one. I love her. You know, we're engaged already. He said, well, just push the date up. And I'm like, oh. Like, okay. So we pushed the date up, man. He said, What you crying for? And I was like, you know, this is what and we'll talk about this later, but this is why it's very important to have that male figure in your life. And I was like, Man, I'm out here teaching Bible study and I'm out here doing this. And he said, Look, son, 
you're going to make some decisions even in the future that's not going to be popular. And he said, if God forgave you from the past decisions, he'll forgive you from this. He said, now, this is what we do as Johnson men. We take care of babies. Mm -hmm. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna dry your tears. You're going to stand up. And you're going to go be a man you're gonna go take care of this baby. You So he goes down his list of stuff. And, man, I grew up right there at that moment, man. 21 years old, I became a man. And 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 it and it it's because now I got a a baby I got a baby coming man and like boom and I got a father who's telling me no no this is what we do we did it we wrote a book um it is called it worked for us and we're definitely excited for you to get your copy of our book it worked for us tell them babe, where can they find this you can find our book at kellumfamilymoments.com and it is also on amazon definitely man so hey we're excited for you to get this uh, man it's been a long time coming uh and long so overdue. long overdue man so we're excited and uh definitely go grab your copy right now at kellumfamilymoments.com like to be a man and so, man, that day I kind of I kind of grew up and here we are, 21 years old, man, figuring it out. Yeah. Like my parents were six hours away. Her parents are in Colorado Springs. We didn't have nobody. We can't drop the kids off here. Drop. Man. So we went through some rough patches and we, we went through some stages, but we just had to figure it out, man. So my advice to that young adult who maybe has some kids, you have a young family like what I wish we had was mentors so like if you are blessed to have couples and parents and mentor older couples and parents that are close that you can call and get advice and get some some things to lean up lean on you can you can avoid mistakes by just listening to somebody yeah man hey you know i had to lean in you got me because it's like and it makes sense, you know, just doing like preparing and learning more about you and what you do. When I look at the different services um, that you offer through your ministry, Zion Christian Ministries, um, which you are the lead pastor of. When, you, when I look at the single ministry, um, the couple, um, you know, uh, 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 retreats that you all have, it's like you and your wife could speak from every lens. You know what I mean? When you talk about um, growing, you know, being young, um, you know, young parents and being married young, and then being married uh, with kids young, and then growing, right? How to stay in love and, and grow your marriage as your kids get older. Because one thing I realize in those that are, you know, that's a younger those that's listening, and you want to get married in the future, or you're on track to like, um, and marriage is heavy and and, and kids. Yeah. Um, um, are heavy, right? Even even when you got two parents, you know, you like, look, man, this is what we want. We want kids, man. They heavy. They they. It's like a if I'm lifting, if I'm using the uh, knowledge of lifting, doing bench press. Uh, the 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 bar is marriage, right? Every kid I, is a plate. Either putting them on, you know, and and it's it's great, it but it's 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 heavy, and and it adds more weight to where okay, how do I adjust my hands to hold this weight? Like, how do I? What adjustments do we got to make in marriage? To now make you know to to adjust to okay, we're going to a family of two to now a family of three to a family of four to a family of five, man. And so I salute you um on that, man. And and even, you know, 
being um, man enough to 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 take care of your responsibilities because me personally, I don't have a relationship with my, with my biological father. I was raised by my stepfather, so um, and and so when I my mindset is like, look, man, you ain't got no choice. Like you know, you gotta be there, right? And so, man, salute yeah, man. you and salute to your dad, man. Um, you know, just just putting that in your ear, and and, and and you know, and it goes back to you growing up. Like so, being a pastor, we know you're a pastor um, now. Like, what about your childhood, your upbringing, prepared you for what you do now? Like we talk about just being raised in that in that very uh, diverse environment and, and two parent home. Man, what's so what's so amazing about that question is there were some things that I discovered late in life uh, that I realized my childhood prepared me for. Like it was, you know, I mean, even before we talk about the church thing, mm -hmm. you know, I think about my relationship with my dad and my mom. I didn't know that how they raised us. My dad, my mom and my dad, you know. My dad was a pastor, but he pastored a small church, okay? And he had always wanted to see this church grow and bloom and blossom. My mom, she is so anointed and, you know, and, but God didn't have that for them, you know? He was, it was going to happen, it, you know, but he was just supposed to lay the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of this is hindsight, right? And uh, so, I'm thinking about my mom and dad, their life was raising their kids, man. Like when I, all of my siblings, man, if we walk in the room, we're all at this age right now, it's yes, sir. No, sir. If we go into rooms where people older than us, or we perceive their season or older, yeah. it's yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. People have to get me all the time. Like Bishop, you know, wait a minute. You say yes, yes. My even my seasoned saints that I'm their pastor, and they come in. I'm yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I just was raised that way, man. Like, and my mom and dad instilled values in us. We were, we were, we were disciplined hard. My my sisters, my and my brother, we all speak the same language because we came from the same house. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we didn't realize it until now. Like their life was devoted to raising their kids. My dad would look at us, me and my my brother, and say, you guys would not go out of my house and be menaces to society. Mm. You know, um, for for my for my dad, um, I don't think, because he dropped out of school in high school. So education, even though it was important for us, you know, he didn't, his biggest thing was, you're not going to come out of here and act, act up. Like, yeah. You're gonna go. You're gonna go to that school. <laughs> I better not get one principal call me for a behavior thing. Like we can work with the grades. We can get you tutors for that. But acting up in class, like that was a big thing for him. And so, all of those things, you know, having absolutes. I'm recalling all these lessons, man. Like absolutes are those things that we are non-negotiable about. Like. That was instilled in us. My dad used to say stuff like this: "Shoot for the shoot for the stars, right? And if you fall on a lower star, you're still in a high place." Yeah, yeah. You know he would. You know those are the things we would live by. He would he would let, say little jokes and stuff like this. You know he'd be saying like, "Hey, when he wants us to work together, he'd be like, hey, think together, work with each other.' You know, don't think think with me, not against me.' You know, yeah, yeah. a man that can't think can't function. Drop your books, you lose your lesson. 
And I'm like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? But it made sense, right? And the bye bye, like, time went by. You know? Yeah. And like, so, you know, coming up the way we come, he would shield us from stuff. I had friends going out partying. He, We'd be in church, you know, or, you know, your friends doing A, B, or C. He'd be like, no, y'all not going. Y'all going to do this. And so we thought he was mean. Yeah. But hindsight, looking back now, I'm like, this is how I can go to a football team and be playing on the team and mm-hmm. guys call me Rev. Yeah. Because he knew we were different. He would always tell us this family is destined for greatness. Son, when you walk in a room, you're different than everybody sitting. That this is literally how we were raised. Yeah. You're different from everybody sitting in there. And to the point to where some of my friends, like uh, big Thomas Johnson, who's down in, in Georgia, he's a big D lineman and played, played for the Falcons. And uh, you know, big Marcus Harvey, who's here, he's owning owns his own business here in Murfreesboro. Like these guys, I'd be trying to go out. JK and they wouldn't even let me. They be like Jason Johnson, all these guys that I play ball with, they'd be like, man, why is Rev? Man, somebody yeah, take Rev home, man. Take Rev home. Rev, you can't be in here tonight, man. And they don't even and they don't even feel comfortable with you. Come on. No. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. Like, hey, y'all, y'all take y'all. I remember being in one, you know, because I used to go out too, and I, I want to definitely get to that because I think um I could relate and it, and it leads me even to your son the position that I know he's in playing football and I know how people look at you and the pressures. But I remember being at one, just one instance and, um, and they were just like, and I'm just over there like looking so, you know, like uncomfortable. They're like, man, somebody drive JK back to the apartment. <laughs> Cause he ain't, he ain't. And the boy took me home, man. So it's, uh, that's, that's that, but that's, that's that respect, man. And, and, um, but, but yeah. also the knowing that you're different, but, and I think that knowing that you're different doesn't always feel good. I think when you when I when I was younger, um, even now, you know, being older, you still know you're different. Not saying you wanna. It's lonely. Yeah, man, I can't say it no better than that. I can't. It's lonely, say it, you know, man, I cannot say it. Loneliness, man. Like so, like how how do you deal with that? How do you how does a young adult who know they're different, not better, but yeah. you're different? Like there's just. It's, it's, it's you will do certain things, but you don't go that far or 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 you can, you know, what I'm saying you can go certain places, but it's still standards. And it's just like sometimes you be in a, a whole crowd and you just feel alone. Like, how do you how does a young adult like, um, you know, what I'm saying just maneuver through that and be OK? It's, it's, it's that it's that it's that season of embrace. Right. Like for me, like I, I remember having this conversation with my son, CJ, because that senior year and like the pressure of being a pastor's kid and mm-hmm. everybody's got this expectation and you're different. Right. And there's certain things you're not supposed to do. You can't do this and you can't. And he was running from it. And I told him, I said, son, like he, he came to me. He's like, dad, I don't, I don't know. Like this PK thing. Like, I don't know. And this just being there. I don't know if I'm like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, son, if you came to me for sympathy, <laughs> I'm not the one to conference it because I went through it. Like I was the pastor son. I was the different one, but here's what I told him. The moment I stopped running from it and embraced it, it changed. Mm. Like the moment I started saying, okay, well, I'm different. I can't go out. Okay. Uh, people can't see me doing certain things. Okay. Well, I can't cuss. 
Okay. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm not going to be able to do boom, boom, boom. And so when I embraced that and started to surround myself with people, here's the critical thing. I started to surround myself with people who have just as much to risk. Yeah. Start surrounding myself with people who were just as different. Yeah. Now I have a community. Now I have a circle. I didn't have circles then because everybody around me was doing the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. of what lifestyle I was trying to live. And so now what has happened is God has blessed me to be able to be, be surrounded by people who like, okay, you're there. Oh yeah, man, you can't do that either. Wow. How yeah. do you handle that? Oh, you can't go over there either. So let's go here together then. Yeah. 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 You no. Know? And so I believe that's how you cope. And, and I'm, there's enough young people out there. What we're seeing is this uprising. I really believe that there's a new generation of believers who are separating themselves from the pack and really, really standing out living for Christ and doing what God has called them to do. And I would say to that young adult, find that group, find that circle, find where those communities are and, and get in and connect. Right. And then now it, it won't be so lonely, you know, Nah, for sure, man. Uh, man, that's powerful, man, because that's a real thing. Even, you know, you get older, um, you know, you might be in a job setting, um, you know, playing. Even when I was blessed to play pro ball, uh, it was just, you know, no different than being in college and things like that, man. And uh, so that's dope that your son, you know, got somebody like you to that knows exactly what it's saying. And, and you were able to um, be able to assist them with that, man. And so, uh, man, just so alone, just keeping with the, you know, growing up, man. So you play sports, right? So we know you made your yeah. way to MT. So like, what was that like growing up playing sports? Did you only play football? Did you play more than one sport? And, and, and what led into you going or getting to MTSU? I played in high school. I played football. I ran track. I was on in not in Florida. They have in Okaloosa County, rather, they have a weightlifting team. So I was on the weightlifting team. Yeah, I mean, I know it doesn't look like much now, but man, I was. Oh, you still, hey, I'm about to say I, you still, I, you know, you still look like you 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 you're throwing I, the caddies now. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm I'm just doing body weight now. I can't hey, do hey, this. Push up, hey, just push up, push ups. Hey, <laughs> yeah, man. I but I mean, I was on. I did that and um play football and and ran track and uh, I pinched I pinched ran a little bit I mean pinch hit and yeah. stole some bases every once in a while on the baseball team but I didn't I wasn't it was nothing like real serious and uh so that's kind of what I did in in high school and MTSU was I think my five I was at Northern Arizona um Arkansas actually Houston Nuts sat in my uh in my living room uh and I think uh I don't know if it was Tommy Tuberville, whoever was at Auburn at the time came and visited. I was thinking about Auburn at the time. And uh, and then MTSU, Andy McCullum came and he said to my dad, I cannot offer you what all these other teams are offering. I can't offer you any of that. We're not the SEC. And uh, this is what sold it for me and my dad. He said, but what I can guarantee you is when he leaves MTSU, He'll be a man. That, that, like, for my dad, that was the biggest thing. Like, oh, he's not, it's not just about football with this guy. Yeah. Like, it was, it was about developing these guys into men. And, um, and so 
when I came to Murfreesboro, man, I loved it. Like I loved it. Wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. And the determining factor was to me, I looked at the roster and I felt like I can come in and play. And I did. I came in true freshman, Mississippi state, you know, outside shaded a tight end. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I was playing safety. And so uh, that, that was, that was really what played into my decision uh, yeah. for MTSU, man. And so, uh, but it was, it was a great decision. I felt like um, it was, it was something that needed to happen, especially now here's the kicker. I wasn't even, I wasn't even the one, I guess, prospected to go to college off my team. I listen. I had a cat named Freddie Wilbon on my team. Oh my gosh, probably the best running back I ever seen. Nice. My homeboy Alex Godfrey went to Valdosta State. These uh -huh. cats, they were the real deal, man. And I was the I was the short guy, right? I was, you know, stature wise, I was the shortest guy, you know, out of those three, and nobody even saw me coming. But I just kept working, man. And I knew that if I didn't get a scholarship, I probably wasn't going to go play college ball. And so I just kept working, kept working. And, you know, uh, my senior year, it was like the last couple of months, those, you know, my senior years when I started getting those colleges, they were coming down to see them too. And they yeah. were like, who's that kid? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't come off the field, man. I returned punts. I was on, man, I in practice, I was running scout team. I, I mean, we get the starters be done. I go over there and run a scout team. I never came off the field. I said, I mean, I need as many reps as I can get. I'm just trying to get better. I love competing. And that's what got me on the field. And that's what got me a scholarship. And so when you when you say that, man, um, in today's climate, right, like you say, you got a son playing at MTSU. Um, we look at NIL. We look at the transfer portal. Uh, like, do you think when young adults, I just, I did a podcast, I just released it, uh, uh, a couple of days yesterday um, on the video and then a couple of days before I did the audio um, when I talk about just considering the transfer reporter, use it wisely. Do you think when, when young adults are making decisions on what college they're choosing and even when parents are sitting down with them, um, the, the fact that is that or should they ask themselves, will this coach help me be a better man and how? Is that a question that still should be considered today? Or should it be about the how much NIL money can I get? Um, you know, or you know, things of that nature. Or should that man developing me into who I'll be way after I'm done playing ball? Is that going should that be a question that they're asking themselves? Most I mean, listen, I think more especially today because money is involved. Like to, you're giving an 18, 19 year old kid millions of dollars in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases like for me like we gotta be concerned about the character and integrity of these young men if not man uh and we're already seeing it happen like kids are kids are it's just gonna get out of hand and so i think parents nowadays like it has to be of concern like how is this head coach or this coaching staff gonna help develop them into men i think um like for me for my son what i told cj like we he had the opportunity it was people recruiting him in high school i had high schools trying to get him to come and play private schools and all that and i'm like 
no, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna stay right here. Like you need to focus on this right here. And even now at MTSU, the urge is to, you know, everybody wants to jump in the portal when things don't necessarily go their way. Like, I'm like, no, hey, make that coach say we can't we can't hold this kid off the field. Yeah. Right. Like for me, I, I always tell my kids this. It's making you better. Mm. At the end of this, these cats, four more year, four years, they're on to the next person. Some yeah. cases, three years, they're on to the next person. It's a business. Yeah. But in the long run, what kind of character have you developed? What have you learned in the past four years? And I'm mighty afraid that most of these guys are just learning who the highest bidder is, right? Yeah. And the problem with that, when you start chasing money, when you start chasing that bag, now you become controlled by the bag. Mm. Now you're in bondage to the bag. And one day, the bag's going to run out. Yeah. And when, when, when it's time to stop playing and when all of the attention is gone, when I, who have you become? And, um, and I think that should be one of our focus points. Uh, and it's just, man, I don't know. I think uh, they're going to have to do something with this NIL and transfer portal, yeah. man, because it's it's really hurting the kids. Man, I, I think you, you said something, man. You you said at the end of the day, when you're done, the question you got to ask yourself, who did I become? And and I and it's powerful because that's the point I'm going to get to as far as like just men, right? Developing men, right? And you being in your son life, because I said this on the episode that I dropped. Um, and I talked about, I said, hey, we got to ask ourselves, if you consider the transfer portal, you got to ask yourself, why am I transferring? Like, is it a better opportunity out there? Okay, that makes sense. You want a fresh start? Okay. But but are you running from some? Because mm -hmm. if you transfer, you could be running from your development, right? If, yeah. if, I get out, if I get out too soon, and that's what I love about the old system, was that I couldn't transfer unless without penalty. I mean, unless with penalty, Right. But so kids stay, you learn how to stay, man. All you know, even if that wasn't my experience, my experience, I thank thank God my experience was great. But we all had teammates that were not happy with that. But I but those that stayed, I know that they're probably better men because of that, because they learn how to deal with a situation they're not happy with. They learn how to deal with competition. You learn how to deal with how do I still wake up and go handle my business to get this degree, even though I don't like my current situation, because at the end of the day, as a man, you take care of family. I can't just go be like, oh, I don't like my job. I'm gone. I'm going to quit. No, I got right. my feed. I got to be able to provide. So how do I overcome that? And so the things that I went through in college or, like you said, not having the opportunity to be able to transfer or chase this or chase that, it made me better as a man. And like you said, I think that a lot of kids are missing that. and and, and But that's why they need you, the greatness coach, right? Because you um, have a heart and you got a passion um, for everybody, right? You're a leader of people, right? Um, but specifically, when I when I look at the the things that you're doing with with Man Maker Academy and 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 you know your high school track coach and and you took the man you know your Man Maker Academy into to Laverne High the last time we talked, I'm pretty sure uh, in the process or even in more high schools. Um, but but where did that passion for men and why is it important for men to have men, young men? To boys and young young adults and young men to have older men in their life. In 2012, I did one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I stood up in a pulpit down in Cedartown, Georgia, 
and I eulogized my father, the great late Bishop T.P. Johnson Sr. In his casket was written, may the works I've done speak for me. And as I stood up, those words were resounding in my head as I looked over that crowded room with people of whom I didn't even know. I had young men coming up saying he was like a dad to me. And I'm like, what? I don't even know who you are. Had young ladies coming up like he was a dad I never had. You know, and it hit me at that moment. His impact was felt not only by our family, but abroad. And uh, I'm sitting there after that, after we had, you after I eulogized him and, you know, we're back at the hotel and kind of having me in a little emotional moment. One of my friends up in South Carolina calls me. And he said, uh, hey, man, I just wanted to let you know I'm not a preacher. I'm not, I'm not a pastor. I don't have any scriptures to give you. I don't have any of that. I don't have any spiritual advice to give you. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I was 32 at the time. He says, you had 32 years of your life with your dad. You've got 32 years worth of memories. He said, I never knew mine. Mm. He's just so at some point, I'm going to need you to quit being stingy and share some of that with us. Bro. Whoa. That hit me in such a way. I'm like, I do. I got all my dad's sermons. I got all these lessons. I got all this stuff he had taught me over the years. He was there when I fell off the bike the first time. He was came to football games. He was, and I'm like, this dude just said he never knew his daddy. Yeah. Now imagine what his life was like growing up without that. Mm -hmm. So I said, man, and when he said, share some of that, psh, and he said this statement to me, bro. He said, I'm a fatherless father. He said, and I don't even know if I'm doing it right. I said, say no. Lord, say no more. Yeah. And so, man, I put, I picked up a pen and I said, I'm going to try to remember everything I can remember that my dad taught me, that my brother taught me, that my uncles, everybody who had that impact. And I'm just writing, 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 writing. And so we structured it and came up with the book called Man Made Men. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's a man's guide to making other men. And so I wrote that book. And from that book, I just, I developed this eight week mentoring program called man maker Academy. And so like that, that void, that urge to say, there's so many young men out there who did not have the luxury of having a father in their life, a man in their life, not even a not even a father, just a man who can mentor them and teach them and, and instill in them. That was my motivation to say, okay, I had that and and I was blessed. I was fortunate. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose my dad. God chose that for me. You know, and there's so many guys who never cho chose to be in a situation they're in to grow up without their dads or their fathers, no matter what happened. And so I wanted to be I wanted to try to fill that gap, so to speak, and provide models for guys who, who didn't have what I had, man. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind, you know, Man Maker and the Man Maker movement is like, OK, let's let's provide these models. Let's build a community of men that I believe this. I believe that manhood is best depicted in the company and the conversation and counsel of other men. And there's just some things a boy needs to hear from another man. Sure. Uh, and what our society has been accustomed to seeing 
And what has become trend almost now is this rise of, of, of women empowerment. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think I'm chauvinistic. I got two sisters. I got a daughter. I got nieces. I, you know, I love it. But what I believe that the rise of womanhood should not come at the expense of manhood. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we got to be all we got to we got to all grow together. And there's still a that there's still a, a crying need for men in our society, for fathers in our family. See, see, now you just made something come alive now. See, yes, yes. but but there's a crying need for for manhood, man. And so, like, I really feel this. If you think about this, I saw somebody talking the other day. You think about how society is. It, it almost seems dysfunctional to see a strong especially in an African-American context, a strong black man be a dad. Yeah. It, it, it almost becomes offensive to some people. Look at LeVar Ball. Yeah. Ah, his dad. You see what I'm saying? We don't know what that looks like. That just feels different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. look at, look at uh, Joe Jackson mm-hmm. and, and, you know, look at Serena and, and Venus's dad. Look, all, I mean, all, look painted, at- all painted negatively. On one end, they say we never present. Then when we are present, now you critique how we should be present, right? Um, and every name I just mentioned are arguably the goats in their profession. Yeah. Not as rare. And they're pushed by a father. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, so, and I think, I think, and I, just the, the tie, tap, tap into that, I think that as men, things come out different, right? That I could say something to my son and daughter. My wife could say something to my son and daughter. And the tone is going to be different. Um, you know, the intensity may be different. But I, but that's how we, I believe that's how God created us, right? Oh, that, that that at the end of the day, that me and my voice, my son needs to hear that. My, my daughter needs to hear that. But then she, they need to hear my wife as well. Um, the, yeah. the that side as well, compassionate, and we as men could be compassionate. We could teach our kids, um, you know, what a compassionate man looks like, affectionate man looks like. Um, and I just think, like you said, with the world, they the paint. Oh, you that's bad. LeBron Ball bad. He they, they, and it's just like nah, man. I think that at the end of the day, as a man, um, confident black man, that you know, I might not agree with everything they have done, but overall, right. they pre- they present. They were they're, there. They're present. And, and, and I think that when you're around someone and their kid, like your kids around you so much, they know your tone means yeah. still means love because relationship. I see it every day with teaching that if I build a relationship with my students and then one day I come in or some days I have to raise my voice to get their attention. They know it's coming yeah. from a place of love because of relationship. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why I think we look at LeBron Ball. We like, man, he yelling. He, but his kids, he love. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? Serena and Venus, they see love because they know the relationship and, and where that voice and where that passion is coming from, though, man. Yeah. That's it, man. Like, and it's it's so it's so powerful to hear uh fathers, just fathers in general, man, really step up and take the rightful place and teach and and pray and teach their kids to pray and worship and serve. And like it's just a powerful, powerful thing to see and um, and that's really been something that's been heavy on my heart, man. And just to see how God is, we got another session of Man Maker Academy coming up on on the twenty second. 
there's still time to register. It's, you can go to manmaker.org if you're look, listening. And it's not just for kids. We do 13 and up because the guys that go through Manmaker, the older guys, they come out and become coaches and help me teach it to other to other men. So, like, I don't want people to think, like, we all need the community of men. Like, we all need each other. So, um, and that's just you know, what I really feel like in this season, God is really calling men to be, to be true men and leaders and protectors and providers and so forth and so on. So, yeah. And definitely those that are, that are listening and watching, watching this episode, it is a great program. I I, I was blessed to be a part of the ceremony, Um, you know, uh, at the culmination of all eight um, lessons and weeks. And, and I was able to be a part of that ceremony and the see. Uh, the 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 masculine affection in the strong yeah. men crying. It, you could see the 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 look on women facing their like like shock, not able to not seeing men come and express their feelings and verbalize because you know man we try to oh I'm good but being able to verbalize you know I love you son because of this or their sons being able to say you know I thank you dad I thank you uncle it was a beautiful thing to see man so so I definitely if you got a son or if you are uh you know like you say 13 and up and you're like look I got to be a part of that man Definitely, definitely, definitely hit up Pastor Chris, man, and, and, and Man Maker Academy. I, I, you will be changed forever for the better um, with that, man. And, and and watching you from a distance, man, on social media, um, I think, you know, when I, I believe you came and talked to us, because when I was in school, I know you weren't in the chaplain at the time, but you came and spoke to us. And um, so seeing you around, being, being around and, and watching on social media, I really, really respect, man, um, just your realness. Um, and I and, and what I mean by that is like I even comment on some of your, your posts like you were having the tough conversations in the barbershop with the uh, the the pastor, Caucasian pastor. Um, yeah. And then um, you you said something which I I grew up when I grew up in, in the church. I always heard, what are you going to do for the church? What as if like and I even was told that, you know, God um, doesn't care about me playing football. Right. And. It it I didn't believe it because I'm like God cares about how, the number of hairs on my head, so I know He care about me playing ball. And and my reasoning with that, I I care. I believe God cares who wins or loses. And the reason why I say this is because it's a lesson you learn. Everybody that just lost in the playoffs this week, they're learning the lesson right now. They're becoming better. Yeah. They allowed that loss to make them that they, they're becoming better. And then the people that won, they needed that victory. That victory is some of that victory just helped them make more money. Some of that victory. It, so so God has blessed them through the win. Those that won and the people that lost, God is still blessing them to get better. And that's why I'm like, God, I know you. That's how my belief is. So I grew up in a church where I was like, ah, what can you do for God in the church? Right. And so I'm like, but not, but then when I got to school and I started going to different colleges uh, or different churches, I'm like, they was talking about, they started talking about what you do outside of the church, entrepreneurship, how you can still glorify and exalt God. And I heard you uh, talk about a message the other day. And, and, and I, when I started researching, you got the pastor plus, and you said, if you wake up pastors one day and realize all you were was a pastor. Yeah. That you can tap into all the other things. And I was like, man, I don't hear a lot of pastors talking about that. That 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 is more to you than what you offer in the church, that you could offer God your talents and gifts outside the church. So I know that was long-winded, but but like 
where did that come from? Where, what does that come from? You showing your congregation. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I'm a businessman. I'm an author. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I got, uh, I'm a businessman. And, and how are you using that? Like, you know, cause you're showing other pastors that's doing it. Like, look, like I'm more than just getting up here on Sunday morning, which is an important responsibility, <laughs> but, but that's just not who God said be. Right. So man, talk to him about that. I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to really expound on that to let you know, like, I really respect what you're doing. Um, and uh, just want to give you an opportunity to kind of share on that, man. Respect, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Like, so it comes from two places. My dad, um, one, man, like a lot of people really don't know this, but his last two years, man, he didn't really want to pastor anymore. I used to like, tell him like, hey, growing, you know, I'll let you preach when you want to. Just come on up and just retire. And, you know, and he said to me, he said, son, I don't. How am I gonna how am I gonna pay bills? How am I gonna eat? So I don't have anything else like that. And that, and I and I had to watch him even through the time where he was sick. I had to watch him go to a church out of obligation and not really want to be there. Like that's bondage. I said, this won't be me. <laughs> this won't be me. You know, uh, and so so like, and he told me, he said. He said, man, whatever you do, use all your stuff to create income. And so a lot of pastors, even today, and I know this to be true because I talk to them. They're my friends. Yeah, They are in bondage at their church. Here's what I mean by that. Afraid to make decisions because they don't want people to leave. People start leaving. Now that affects tithes and offering. Well, mm -hmm. tithes and offerings get affected. You don't get paid. Mm -hmm. See? So, so now I treat people differently. I can't really pastor the way I want to. I can't be strict or stern. I can't move in this because I'm, 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 I'm in bondage because I don't want them to, I have five streams of income. Yeah. Zion is just one. Yeah. So, so there is no bondage there. Right. And so that's where I had to say, okay. And. You know, our man, I've been blessed, man. I, I pastor what I believe to be one of the best churches on this side of glory. Our team is phenomenal. We've done a lot of training to get our team where it's functioning now, even in my absence. I don't even have to be there. And it, that thing runs smooth. And so, I mean, I got a lot of I was doing something before I started pastoring. Yeah. I was coaching. I was doing motivational speaking. I was mentoring. So I put all of that stuff on the shelf mm -hmm. pastor this phenomenal church and it got to a point now where the team is like flowing and moving we're growing god was like okay you see that over there that you sat down pick that back up because what there's a scripture jesus says be salt of the earth not the church mm. salt of the earth and i often say this if my anointing only works in church, it's not anointing at all. Yeah, you can turn it off. <laughs> Jesus yeah. didn't even have a church building. Yeah. He went into the marketplace. He went into the villages, into the cities, and the towns. He was out. And so, man, like, I think sometimes we get so caught up. Church has taught us historically. Church culture has taught us that a pastor is just, just preach, visit people, 
and 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 do communion and do revivals and that's it yeah well we saw examples of that jeremiah prophesied for 70 years not one single convert and he did ministry all day every day but he was depressed he was so depressed he wrote a whole book in the bible about his depression called lamentations yeah the word lamentations means to cry he wrote a whole book in the bible just crying stressed depressed how many times did moses quit you see, i mean like this is the reality but we don't talk about however all of the countless amount of people who did something else luke was a doctor matthew worked for the irs uh you know jesus was a carpenter i yes. mean like we go through all of these different things and never realize everybody that jesus called came from the marketplace. They were businessmen, right? And so we, we've got to get to the point to where we're not just limiting. See, my pulpit is not just at 4750 John Bragg Highway. Yeah. This, right, this podcast is part of my pulpit. It's part of my reach online. What I do at the school, the greatness coach, the great people may invite the greatness coach, <laughs> but Bishop coming too. And they go, hey, they got to get all, they got to get all of you. Hey, <laughs> hey, what you said? No, that's real though. Yeah, that's yeah. Real. so, yeah, man. And so like, man, I've been blessed to say when I die, when I, I'm telling you, man, my dad, he said, may the works I've done speak for me. I said, say less. Say less. When my sons and my daughter look at my casket, you know what mine's going to say? I'm empty. Mm, gave it all yet. I'm empty. I got nothing left. Yeah. I, every gift, every talent, every skill, yeah. everything, every book, everything I had in me, I got it out. Yeah. And when I lay down for the last time, I'll do so with a smile on my face and say, I'm empty. And that, and that man, I, I'm telling you, man, like, that is, uh, that's refreshing. I think, man, young adults, um, you know, from from my age, I know I'm a, an upper young adult, right? But even all the way down, they need to see that. I believe um, they need to hear that. Uh, and I and I say that because you know I know like they look at they feel like they could feel like church might stifle them, and it's like no, 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 like no, like you God could like you said I'm this is what you're doing in the church, but you're still you the gifts the same gifts the same anointing right um, wherever yeah. you go. It's still you taking all of that and and I just man I think that's powerful man I, I I really do especially like like I say how I grew up um you know what I was being told or what I was learning and thinking that it was just what I what can I do what can I offer the church okay you know and nothing outside um but to see not only can you be a blessing in the house of of God but 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 God's people don't just go to church right God's people at the school he God's people uh when you coach them kids when I teach them in class when when if I'm out there playing sports or what God's people is everywhere man and so I think that man that's a cheat code you got man that's a cheat code <laughs> and we're and, 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 talking and, and and how you put it the freedom because you know everything ain't tied to this 
that right. okay you, if you ultimately the giving is between you and god anyways but if you think that you hurting me by not giving you're not because i got other stuff god got other avenues on how i get paid and, and things of that nature and i think like you said man um it just allows you to be free man and, and, and so um man that that is amazing man and, and awesome uh with that COVID should have taught COVID should have taught all of us that we have to have something else. And this is any young leader, any pastor, any minister. Listen, COVID should have taught us because nobody was coming to church. See, our church grew through COVID. But watch this. My wife and I, my wife was doing Kyle, which is the mentoring program for the young ladies. Yeah, seen she that, was yeah. doing it in one room. I was doing Manmaker in another room. And we were doing it, whether it be virtual or in person, we were doing that during COVID. Folks, and watch this. We had people, families coming there and joining our church. Oh, through, through first the program. Like they brought their kid or the women yeah. came. Yeah, yeah they brought their, they, yeah. yeah. And they joined through the program because you all were had an extended arm blessing them through that that they joined. And man, one once we had kids getting saved at Manmaker, no band, no musician, nobody else there, no people there. We're just back there teaching them how to be men, and mm -hmm. they're all of a sudden confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Man, that's amazing. Is that not ministry too? That is. So that's just a word to somebody, man. Like, like when when the Lord opens a door for you, whether you're the entrepreneur, the business leader, or you're the creator, the influencer, if you go through that door, you don't just leave the rest of you at home. Yeah, yeah. He has opened that door so that you can walk through it and be who you are. You're the salt. Don't just be the salt in the church. Go sprinkle that salt in the earth. Ooh, for sure. Nah, nah, you preaching out here, man. Sure. Now, what, 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 what are some of your uh, uh, future plans, man? Just you know, just what yeah. things you might be working on. I see um, another book, a life of boundaries, moving toward intentional wholeness. Uh, but just what, what some projects, man, or things that you might be um, that you are working on or or things you're looking to accomplish and do, man, in the future. If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, man. So like this year is uh, our theme at the church is live. Right. So like we're we're like, man, living our best life all year long. And so um, I'm really I'm, I'm going to continue to push man maker and the whole man maker movement. That's a given. Um, but I'm really, really pushing uh, hard this year, man. It's coming up. We've got our couples and our uh, uh, singles retreat or or camp, and that's going to be down in Destin, Florida. So uh, you can go to my website, uh, www.cajohnson.org, or uh, shameless plug. Here's Mary. Oh, yeah, let go. Put it on now. Hey, let's go. <laughs> October 10th through the 14th. And then we're coming back with singles camp. Well, singles camp is actually the week before. So yeah. we'll be down there. So you can kind of catch all of that. And man, like that's just one of the things we're going to be uh, pushing all year. So I'm, I'm going to be doing some little pop-up podcast and, and some features kind of leading up to those two events. Yeah. Also, man, God's really been burdening. He, I have this burden for, uh, to create a space for PKs, man, like preachers, kids. And so that's coming out this year sometime. We're going to create a space for 
pastor's kids, preacher's kids, or even if your your family member is the pastor and yeah. you're having to serve in ministry with them, like we need a space. So uh, I've been really, really burning to do that. So that's coming out sometime this year. I just wrote a book uh, called The 3T Leader, and uh, I'm pushing that this year. Uh, my three T's of leadership is teach, train, trust. How do you duplicate yourself to avoid burnout? If you teach somebody, you train them, and then now you got to sit back and trust them. And oftentimes, leaders don't trust those who follow them because they failed to teach and train them. So, like, I'm pushing that that book and that concept all year, man. And then uh, uh, every year I'm pushing myself. Uh, I've done so the past two years. I'm on a five-year stint where every year I'm writing a devotional. And so this year, uh, last year, my I did a man, uh, my man maker devotional. You can go pick that up to uh, cajohnson.org. But uh, I'm writing a I'm writing a devotional this year for couples. I really feel um, prompted to do something for married couples, uh, uh, a devotional uh, every day. So uh, that's those are my projects I got coming up, man. On, on top of, of course, Zion Christian Ministries, which is my baby. Uh, for sure, man. Well, congrats on man, all of that, man. And uh, man, that that's that's inspiring. That's uh, inspiring, I should say, uh, and, and very uh, encouraging, man, for myself, man. Just looking at all the 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 you keep on giving, man. And I, and that's how I look at it. Man. I got a quote that um, God blessed me with um, is that your life should be a run on sentence of wins and accomplishments. And um, as long as we're alive, man, every every time you accomplish something, it's just a comma. Like what's next? What's next? What's next? And that's just listening to you just go on and on and on and like, hey, look, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. I feel like that 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 give us that that motivation. That's a vision, right? We know that where there's no vision, people perish. So you know what you're going after, and you know that you got something to go work for every single day. And that's what I want the young adults that's listening or that watch this is to realize, look, man, when you set goals, you got a vision for yourself every day and you striving for something now you got purpose now you waking up going after things um and not just waking up and aimlessly going um about life man and so i'm gonna I'm a close i'm gonna let you close by giving this piece of advice um but before i do that i let my guests ask me one question i don't let you prepare i just say hey it could be about what we're talking about uh man it could be about sports it could be about anything man but i give my guests i i didn't ask all the questions for the day so i give my guests uh the opportunity to ask a question and then i answer it and then i let you close most definitely man uh so one of the things i wanted to ask you uh was how long has you and your wife been married and what are your plans this year all right. Um, that's a good one. Right back at me, right? Um, <laughs> we've been married uh, eight years, so we're coming up on nine um, this uh, September. Uh, in um, September uh, 5th, right? We, we're coming up on nine years, man. So time is is flying. Uh, we met in college. Um, we met at college as well, man. She caught my eye, um, right? Just like yours did. Caught my eye. But we yeah, met yeah. At SU. And uh, as far as this year... Uh, what I'm what I'm looking at, man, is um, so we re we just released our book um, uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, it worked for us, me and my wife. Uh, and so um, moving into Solid. this year, I know the summertime as far as like as a speaker, I really want to hit the, the professional development um, circuit hard um, for from 
really from July and in the beginning of August. Uh, um, then there's some some an event that we we plan on doing as far as with the book, um, being able to like have a signing, um, invite a, a group of you know uh, young adults out to where we sit down to talk about our book, talk about our journey, share the strategies, um, the things we did and did not do, um, and, and and just being able to offer that opportunity uh, for young adults to be able to come out. The ultimate goal is to be able to go on a tour. Um, uh, a tour with the book, whether it's um, colleges, churches, um, you know, young adult ministries, things of that nature, to be able okay. to go around um, speaking and sharing our story and, and being able to, you know, also offer the book, man. And uh, another thing is my ultimate goal, I would love to get, when we talk about ultimate goal with uh, doing broadcasting, is to get on with a network, right? Um, right now, I'm like a third party with um, MTSU. So we collaborate together with the football games, um, but ultimately to get on like with ESPN or Fox or CBS. Um, so working towards uh, that and then a mentor program also um, that that I do life coaching. I do some coaching with some young adults and things of that nature. So really um, continue to um, build that and impact, um, you know, the young adults as well, man. So to sum it all up, is one um, to have an event for our book um, to to is set off our tour uh, with the book um, to hit the professional development circuit very very hard um, in July in the beginning of August uh, and to um, ramp up with the the mentor program that I ha that I have through Win man so that's that's my love right now man man I love it man I I and I'm I'm be praying for you guys and all your successes and you know i i feel some kind of way if if zion wasn't on that one of those church yeah, yeah. List, your book tour yeah i, no, I definitely, definitely gotta be on that uh, for sure for sure now nah, for sure man y'all uh like i say man i got a lot of respect for you man real talk um just the stuff i see you post the things i see you do um i mean pouring into whether it's mtsu or i just like i just seeing you live life when i seen you go to the brown um what was that the, the browns game was that the browns game like yeah. this stuff i see that because like when i say younger dub too and, and seeing the 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 people that operate and work in the church is like that blessed me too because it lets me know like man like god wants us to live our lives like god we're humans we're people and so that's inspiring um to me and and, and um and then like look at you and your son when you said i didn't even know you played safety but the the c your son you go to mt your son go to mt you play safety your son play safety uh you a pastor your son a pastor um you ran bible studies on campus i remember devin pikes getting me man man jeremy man you need to start a, i start doing bible studies now your son doing it like it's that stuff when your kids start to emulate you um and yeah. things that you've done not with you forcing them but because they seen you be so great to them that they like man do a daddy like to see my son and daughter be like it's tackle thursday for no reason <laughs> like hey, i'm doing i must be doing it's something a different like feeling that man you feel, that you feel so man all of that man i'm watching i'm learning right and and um and uh man salute to you on that man and, and definitely we'll make sure that uh zion christian ministries is on up for the tour as well man and uh man i just i want to let you um just lead the people one with advice like this advice is 
Uh, what type of advice would you give a young adult that is trying to balance their relationship with God and their pursuit of their goals and dreams? Like, how do they balance that? Right. Or is it a balance? Um, right. Uh, and, and then you can just close by once again, telling people where they can, um, you know, follow you and support you and, and, and buy what, um, you know, your products and books and, and, and get involved with Manmaker and, and even more importantly, get involved with Zion Christian Ministries. Yeah, like so there's any young adult out there listening, I, I'd like to say to you, um I, I I say be careful when you use the term balance. Uh, because um in my experience, whether it be try you try to say work life balance, where you try to say church slash business, whatever, balance means that every category gets equal amount of attention. And in my experience, it just doesn't happen. So what term I like to use more, more accurately would be this idea of intentional congruence. It is how do I work everything moving in the same direction at the same time, right? Um, I'm a businessman. I'm a coach. We mentor and we minister. Okay. So how am I taking all of those things? Balance would say I have to do all of those equally. But we're getting ready to go down to Destin, Florida, my wife and I, and we're getting ready to do a couple of things. We're going to go down there and kick it. That's family time, right? So we're vacationing. And then we got singles and couples who are coming in who paid a registration fee. We're getting ready to make some money. And then we're going to minister down there. We're going to teach. <laughs> That's congruence. We're doing one thing, feeding the other. So, I wouldn't call that balance. It's just all feeding each other. And so find a way in your life to work in a level of congruence where one thing is feeding the other. So I would say that to you. Life is filled with ups and downs. Be yourself and be original. But most importantly, pull out everything in you and use it all. While you're young and you got the energy, you got you're sharp, you, you can go to bed at two and get up at five. Run while you're fast. <laughs> Experience in life is gonna slow you down, but use all you can right now and do as much as you can. And most importantly, find you a mentor, find you a coach, learn to sit under somebody, it will cut years off your journey. Okay. If you want to connect with me, I'm um man, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, I'm on it all. Uh I don't know all of my usernames, but you could just type in Christopher A. Johnson and they'll pop up. And I think on Instagram, I'm the CAJ1. On Facebook, I am Christopher A. Johnson. Uh, but more especially, all of my information is found on my website at this at well, my church website is thisiszion.org, but my personal website is cajohnson.org. And if you want information about Manmaker Academy, just go to manmaker.org. Uh, but I'd love to connect with you. Uh, I'm open for booking. <laughs> I can come speak and teach and preach, uh, mentor, whatever you need. I'm I'm here. I'm ready to serve in any whatever capacity uh, if those dates are available. And uh, I just want to let everyone know everyone know that there is something else you have to offer, especially if you're a believer. You are not just a musician. You are not just a minister. 
You are not just a deacon. You are not just a Christian, but you got a plus. Find that plus, operate in it, and create multiple streams of income. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, and everything you just said is, is uh, man, you're speaking to me, man, right? Um, man, there's freedom in your words, uh, you know, freedom to use the gift that God has given you and know that not only can I use my gifts to bring glory to God, but I could use my gift um, to, to fund and take care of my family. And I think that um, as a believer in God, I think that sometimes you can think that you got to keep it separate. Right. Um, but God doesn't want us to be broke. Right. Uh, that's not nope. who he created us to be. Um, and he doesn't want us, uh, we might go through a season, might go through adversity, but, but that's not where he wants us to permanently stay. And that's not a place that we think as believers should think that oh, I'm always being a place of lack because you're not, um, but we can't live with that belief. And, and so, man, your words got power, got freedom. Um, and man, I hope that the young adults out there, the people in general, um, that are listening or that will watch this, man, um, that you, man, I truly hope that you are blessed by Pastor Chris and his words and his presence like I was today, man. Pastor Chris, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. And everybody that's out there, man, continue to wake up, striving to win on purpose, be intentional about winning, and y'all have a blessed, blessed day, man. See y'all on the next episode. Thank y'all.